to say that whenever I talk about the Mac. Because if I just say the Mac, they're going to assume the Mac. Like we're gonna, the MAC. Yeah, we're going to put that in our, in our intro. Yeah, we're just going to, like, that's going to be our intro. Like, we're going to lead in with the rest of the show. <laughs> and it's just going to be both of us saying Mac. Like, that. Yeah. Coming live from the corner store. I'm a Commodore. Rock a badge of honor while y'all talking who accomplished more. Out in DR like letters on a doctor's door. Your pocket's sore. You not as raw. So knock it off. Y'all knock it off like a Louis bag on 34th. Labels told me climb, so I levitated. All right. Welcome in to the Cutting the Net podcast. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Joe Nardone. And, uh, sir... Let me just say this right off the bat here. It is great to be doing a podcast with someone that has as good of hair as you do. And um, I know it's a college basketball podcast, but I just want to put that out there early. You and I are doing great work at Clutch Points, but you are doing great work in the hair department. I'm doing great work in the beard department. I think this is going to be just a, a special, special podcast, not only for college basketball fans, but really for those, uh, I guess, hair enthusiasts as well. Yes, I mean, honestly, you stole most of my intro thunder here. I was going to compliment your beard, tell everybody how great my hair was, is, uh, um, not was, it still it still is great. I'm an older gentleman, and I'm very fortunate that while most of my friends are balding, I have a full, thick set of hair. And I don't think a lot of people <laughs> can say that. And you also have a full, thick, thick set of hair. Yeah. And, um, and you're also old. I mean, old it's in, true. you know, social media sense. And we both have hair. I see a lot of kids younger in the same industry as us, and they have no hair. Well, there you go. And see, we wanted to get that out in the first minute because that way no one has to worry about us talking about that anymore. We just want to get that out of the way because we were going to bring it up at some point anyways. And I know everyone's here for the basketball talk, so at least we got that out of the way in the first minute. But, yes, this is a new podcast, and, yes, this is about the 38th podcast I've hosted and continue to host. Um, so you've probably heard my voice elsewhere. You've heard Joe's voice elsewhere. We're all over the place, but now we're all just kind of at our own home at Clutch Points and doing all our college basketball work there, and that's what this podcast will be a part of. Uh, here is uh, we head into a new season, and uh, this will be kind of our, our podcast to run through all the different things we want to talk about in college basketball. And right off the bat, we're going to head to my friend here's wheelhouse because uh, the one thing we've talked about now in college basketball, the big topic over the past several weeks, it's one that coaches are getting asked about at every single media day, uh, is the name and likeness situation and uh, how coaches feel about the different things that are happening around the country when it comes to this. Uh, we know the situation in California. We know all over the place that people are starting to try to make decisions and push things in this department. I think this is where I just give you the floor, my friend, because uh, this is something I know that you've covered a lot. Uh, for anyone that wants to read more on it, just go over to Clutch Points because he has written a ton of stuff on this, kind of reacting to what some of these coaches have said. I know Coach K's one, uh, Tom Izzo, Mark Few. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, there you go. I I'm giving you the floor. We're just going to let you go here for 20 minutes, and then I'll come back Ooh. on to wrap things up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sure everybody's mostly caught up to date here. Uh, I did some big J journalism for Forbes on the name image <laughs> like like this SB206 stuff. Um, it's, you know, the SB206 was signed by Gavin Newsom, the California governor. And since that happened, uh, at the time of recording, it's 10 plus states now that are already drafting bills to have similar um, legislator go through the process. There doesn't mean that they'll be passed. Yeah. And then there's a senator in Brooklyn, Kevin Parker, who is trying to get a bill sponsor to directly pay players, um, which will obviously never see the light of day. 
um, at least not through New York. And then there's Anthony Gonzalez, the former Ohio State receiver, who's a U.S. rep in Ohio, who wants to do a federal law, a federal bill, to, you know, regulate the entire thing federally. Uh, but he's waiting on Gene Smith and the NCAA Working Group's findings, which we find out at the end of October. Um, their findings on, you know, the pros and cons of name, image, and likeness stuff. And as you alluded to, coaches have reacted. Mark Few, Chris Mack, Mike Bray, almost all of them take a long walk to say they think players should get the name, image, and likeness rights. But then they all talk about the indirect consequences that they don't know of, which obviously nobody knows. And then they also speak about they wish uh, politicians would keep their hands out of this, as if the O'Bannon lawsuit wasn't brought about 10 years ago and they didn't have a decade to figure this out. Um, the only name that really matters here, that like, even like John Calipari, who's the second biggest name in college basketball, who's been a proponent of pay, paying players since, you know, as long as I can remember, yep. Mike Krzyzewski, when he said it, and he didn't mince words, he didn't say, I'm worried about politicians getting involved. He said, you know, we've been really slow to react. Um, maybe it's good that we've been nudged, that this is overdue. And Obviously, it's worth noting this is an altruism from Coach K. He's recruiting kids that actually have value in the name, image, and likeness thing. But he's the only voice that matters here. Um, so what do you think about like guys like Mark Few, Chris Mack? They all say, like at the end of their, like I said, they take a very long walk to get there. They all say like they're proponents of the name, image, and likeness bills. Yeah. Um, they mostly just don't want politicians involved. And they're all worried about the indirect consequences so what yeah. do you think and see i think it's a situation and you said it it's almost like some of them are saying the obvious like like we know what they're saying and it's like you're saying it's almost like we're making it a little more complicated than it needs to be because yes no one knows what's going to happen from any of this like, i mean you know the consequences yes we can all imagine what's going to happen here or the problems here or the problems there and all that sort of stuff but but like you said do any of us really know? Like until it happens, we have no idea. And so you could you could add all these caveats and all these different things and saying, well, it could be good if or um, you know it won't be good because and all this. But I mean, honestly, do, do any of us really know exactly how this whole thing's going to play out? And like you said, you know, when Coach K says something like that, and, and look, I'll be at SEC Media Day uh, this week, and you know, John Calipari is going to. I mean, he'll. He'll say the same stuff he's always said because he's someone that, as we know, has continued to say that type of stuff. Um, he'll get asked about it every other question, and he'll continue to say the same things he's always said. But when you have two guys like that that are sort of leading the way on this, I mean, it's it's sort of a situation where, like you said, with all the different guys around the country, that the legislation and, and politicians and all this that are starting to do this stuff – I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but it's clear that, like Coach Gay said, you know, at least I guess the, the envelope's getting pushed here for sure. Well, that's the thing, right? So, like, I've been, like, I've actually talked to some people. I talked to one of the sponsors, SB206, uh, talked to a couple coaches. The things I found out, or I don't want to say I found out, right? Like, it's not like I discovered them, but the <laughs> things I was told, um, a couple of different things, right? So, it's very clear the NCAA was going to drag its feet as long as it could. I don't agree with them, but I get it, right? Like, if you have all the power yeah. and all the money, there's no reason to want to give it up on purpose. So I get what <laughs> they're trying to do. The The consequence of them dragging their feet is they could have got ahead of this, right? And it, had they just made their own name, image, and likeness policy, the Gavin Newsom California thing never would have happened. They would have had it regulated. Nobody would have bothered them. Um, the other thing is, this is the most surprising one for me. Two things here. 
I can't name the coach, but a low major coach that's basically in the middle of nowhere said he's happy because nobody thinks about the three two-star recruits that he wants to get that are from out of state that can't afford to live where he coaches. Right. But because they make five hundred, they might make five hundred dollars a month doing a local car ad. That now they could come. Yeah. So he's like that's something I hadn't thought about. Like that five hundred dollars a month, like the bare minimum guy, like the guy doing a commercial for a dentist, right? That yeah. might get like a hundred bucks for it. Yeah. That guy might now be able to travel outside of like his area where he could afford to live. Do you know what I mean? So now we could go to yeah. this this program I'm speaking of that I can't say because the coach asked me not to. Right. And then the other thing that I kind of didn't know because I'm not, you know, I don't cover politics is um, somebody from the SB 206 bill told me like that Florida bill that's that looks like it's getting pushed through for 2020. The amendment process, right? The whole process by whatever it looks like on the front side, it's going to look way different on the other side. So like they say 2020, it's really a bargaining chip, right? Because then the people that are against the bill will be like, well, I don't really like this. Could we make it 2022? Because you have to make concessions. Um, it's like almost any other negotiating thing you do where, you know, you might high about your salary request knowing that your boss is going to cut it in half or whatever. Because you you don't start what you really want. You start a little bit higher. Yeah. The last thing, and this isn't something I discovered. This is something available to anybody that actually wants to read it. Most people have not actually read SB 206. I am a loser that has. Um, there's a ton of restrictions in it. Like they protect the schools pretty heavily in it. Um, you cannot be a player and sign with rival shoe companies. Like if USC has a deal with shoe company Y and you can't sign with shoe company X, um, or you can't, you can't like, you know, advertise against whatever the, the school already has sponsorship wise. And there's a bunch of other restrictions in there. This whole idea that this is a, uh, the biggest pushback I've received since covering this. And I've done a couple also opinion pieces on it is, I point out that name, image, and likeness directly cost the school zero dollars. And somebody said, well, indirectly, uh, a school might lose money because an advertiser might choose the player of the school. And then my counter is, well, if that's the case, now I don't think that's the case because I think college basketball is still the sport where the brand on the name on the front of the jersey matters more than the brand on the back, with very rare exceptions. Yeah. Is this you're telling me that if Adidas is going to choose a player over a school, their value goes beyond name, image, and likeness. And that's something the NCAA will never admit. Yeah, it's a situation where, like you said, I mean, you know, there are strong opinions, as we know, on both sides of this. Because it's something, and I think something, too, you know, there's a couple things here. One is that th some people act like this is just a new discussion. <laughs> it's not a new discussion at all. Like, this is a discussion that's been going on forever. And we just continue to kind of find the different layers, and there are new layers added to it. Um, and there are new actions, as we know, with all these different things, where you have these coaches uh, speaking out more on, on certain sides, and you have, like we said, politicians getting involved and, and all this different stuff. Um, and then it goes back to what you just said a few minutes ago, how it affects these these smaller type of schools because everyone's focused on certainly the guys at the top and and it's I mean we get it like it, it makes sense everybody's going to focus on that uh, no matter what but it's like then you look at these guys in the middle and it's like well how does it affect them and you said you know maybe it's the difference between a kid being able to go to a certain school uh, versus not being able to go to that school and that's where you just have so many different dynamics involved. Um, it, it, I don't know, man, like, like I don't have the answer and I just, it's such a fascinating situation to me because just, and especially as more coaches kind of weigh in on this. And like we said, I mean, 
how many media days have there been to this point to where it's like, you know, there have been a ton of media days, coaches have been asked about it, and you're seeing a lot of similarities in certain certain instances. I mean, there are some differences, different opinions we've heard, um, and I don't know. It's just I, this is something where I'm really excited for college basketball season. Let's Let's get the actual basketball going. But at the same time, it's like, you know that there are going to be a lot more layers added to this as we go throughout the season, and it could really sort of change the whole dynamic as we start to see, you know, more of these kind of developments happen, whether it's from the NCAA or whether it's from, you know, the political standpoint. It's just there are so many different things uh, still left to come, I I think, on this whole situation here. Well, the the funny thing is, right, like we're not that far removed from the FBI scandal dropping right before college basketball season started. So, like, this issue, like if you want to consider it an issue – because I understand, like, I am I should get this out in the front here for people that don't know me but know you and are listening for this reason. I am a proponent of players getting paid. Yeah. Um, but I understand, like, so the other side is going to see this as an issue. I understand that. This isn't as bad as the FBI stuff, right? Like, this is <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is this is technically not going to cost schools money. I understand there could be major repercussions. The Like, as we both talked about, the indirect consequences, none of us know. Like, we don't like. I don't know. I try to research and study and and ask people what they think. None of nobody knows, right? Like when they invented redshirting, right? They didn't realize schools would abuse it. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes. Or players <laughs> would abuse it. Or it was used for a totally different thing at a totally different time. Same thing with gray shirting and everything else. Like rules are always made without any of us knowing what's going to happen next. Um, the other, the other, like. It, I, I understand it's a slippery slope thing, but again, I'm a proponent of players getting paid. I actually believe schools should directly be responsible for paying them. Um, so I get the the fear of name, image, and likeness re- leads into uh, schools paying players. If you believe that you know college athletics should be separate than professional athletics, I understand that, but you can't have your conferences and schools ex- like accepting you know hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. and then keep claiming it's amateur. That's like. That's the thing there. Like, there's more options now. There's the NBL, which has signed a deal with Twitch. There's the HBL that's trying to launch. Like, there's a lot more alternatives now for players than there was whatever many years ago. The double draft in the NBA will probably happen again within the next two years. So Mark Emmert will get his wish of players being able to go right from high school to the pros. But a lot of these things, like the name, image, and likeness thing, what's bothersome here is, I guess, bothersome for me, speaking for myself, is the NCAA had 10 years to figure this out. Like if you want, if you don't want to, if you want to ignore everything in the nineties and eighties and just go back to the O'Bannon lawsuit, they had 10 years to figure this out and they're just coming out with their findings a month after Gavin Newsom signs his <laughs> bill. Um, they, this could have been solved. Like whatever, whatever Gene Smith and those guys in the working group, their, their findings are, and their findings are Gene Smith's already on the record all over the place saying that if it was up to him, he'd vote no, that no other NCAA uh, school would play any of the California schools, which is obviously dumb. Um, California is the most popular state in the country, has like two of the three, two of the four biggest markets in the country. Um, You don't want to just lose California. Um, But it's just one of these things where I feel like I don't know why they're fighting this hard, so hard. Like, if they concede the name, image, and likeness, I understand the fear that this means they have to pay the players directly. But if they don't concede this, what you're going to have is X amount of states with X amount of different kind of rules, which just makes it, say it's 30 states with 30 different rules. It's 30 different fires the NCAA has to put out as opposed to the one. Yes. Had they just done it themselves. Exactly. The writing, that- was on, the writing was on the wall. 
And see, that's what I say. It's like, I don't know. I mean, it's the NCAA, and, and anyone who's listened to me on any podcast before knows how I feel about the NCAA when it comes to some of their processes in terms of making important decisions. And uh, that hasn't changed, really, because they, they've given me no reason to change my opinion on that um, when it comes to some of the things that they do. And this is another one where the expectations in terms of what they do here for me is it's just it's so unknown because i i never know what the NCAA is going to do when it comes to important matters and it's like you have no idea because the inconsistency is all over the place um and especially when it comes to like off the court stuff we've seen it time and time again there's just there's no consistency uh when it comes to pretty much anything and for me that's it that's a big problem because as you've been saying it's such an important issue that like you can't you can't sit back and just say well you know we're gonna just do this or we're gonna do that and and have no Everything has to align. Like there has to be some kind of consistency with your message and how you maybe carry out some of these things. And I don't know that they've been able to do that for a long time. And and that's where I think, you know, that's where the frustration comes in for a lot of people. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, honestly, there are probably people that are frustrated on both sides because the NCAA, the, the way they react to some of this stuff and how they carry out their business in some senses, like when it comes to these type of matters. Um, so, I, you know, people have been asking. It's like, well, well, what's the next step? Like, what is the next thing that's going to kind of set this thing in motion? And like you've said, someone who has been on top of this and covers it and just like there's so many layers, but yet – it's still going to – that pushing to me is the next action. Like people just continue to push and push and push uh, because that's the only way this thing's going to move forward, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. The funny – I don't want to get too redundant here, but the thing here is <clears throat> we're going to find out like in late October. We're going to find out what the NCAA's like official reaction is. We know there are <laughs> fake reactions leading up to this, right? The, the Dear Mr. Governor letter when Mark Emmert scolded Gavin Newsom um, and we know Gene Smith's thoughts on this, but we don't really know what they're going to do until the end of October, where I think most reasonable minds expect them to say they're going to start pivoting towards embracing name, image, and likeness. Um, the question is, how quickly can they do so, and will it be enough to appease politicians that have already begun to start their processes? Um, but it's the pushing. Like what, like you said, what Coach K said, what, what I'm saying, they, they're being pushed forward into a different, like, you know, redefining their term of amateurism, what college sports is all about. Um, they, they're they eventually going to have to drop this whole doomsday scenario stuff, like if a player <laughs> receives 10 bucks, it means college basketball explodes. <laughs> None of that's going to happen. Listen, players, we clearly know now because of the FBI scandal. Like, we, we all talked about it for years anyway. But everybody, like, a lot of guys were getting paid anyway. It didn't stop anybody from watching who watched. Yeah, let's not act like we're surprised. Like, the people that were surprised when people, oh, people are getting paid? Like, is this really happening? Like, have you been to an AAU game? Like, I mean, come on. (laughs) Like, go around. Like, I don't know. I mean, I was, like, I can remember back, I don't know, this was years ago. And it's like, I was just doing, like, some refereeing on the side. So I'm out there refereeing, like, AAU games and all this stuff. And, you just look around, man. I mean, this is these are like top tier games, and you're looking around and you're wondering, really? Like, look, all of these, like the sponsorships and all this stuff, and you're just, I mean, you're sort of in awe when you're seeing some of the people um, that are at these games, you know, higher up basketball people that you know, and it's, 
I mean, come on. And that's what I'm saying. It, it's stuff like this. For, for me, this is very simple. It's it, it, probably two words. Like, do something. Like th- That's all it comes down to right. is, is do something. It doesn't have to be a perfect – because I've said it, and there may be some people who think there is a perfect solution. I don't think there's a perfect solution. I think it's one where it's going to take – you know, there may be some trial and error. And, ter- and it's going to have to be because th- this is a, a situation that we've not entered before. And so there is going to have to be some trial and error with certain things. But – Still, just anything. Like, do something. It's like the meme where they're poking with a stick. Like, just poke. Like, like do something. Come on, do something. <laughs> but, but but the thing is, right, like, so all the people that say like, they want to, like, a lot of the, the, the people that are against paying players or whatever, like, a lot of it's like, I, I want to, their, their narratives, I want to protect the kids, right? Which I understand, like, the people that sincerely believe that, I feel for you. But here's the thing. It's a lot like gambling, right? Right. When it's illegal, there's going to be a black market for it. And you were talking about the AAU games with all those sponsorships and all the people that are hanging around. A black market was created around unpaid labor, the basketball players. And you're going to have nefarious people coming in, offering money because they're not getting paid elsewhere. And the money has to go somewhere. And it's going to go to the players and the coaches and whoever else involved. But when you regulate it, like gambling, and it's overseen by somebody, the NCAA here preferably, you know, I don't say preferably, if the NCAA gets the right people there to see it, preferably, um, it, you could actually protect the kids better, right? And I understand, like, the concerns of there's 305 billion Division One basketball teams. Not all of them are created equal. Not all of them have the same resources. Not all of them have big markets. All of that's fair, right? But you and I yeah. have the right to open up a donut shop. Yeah. Now, if we were dumb enough to open it up across the street from a Dunkin' Donuts and we start <laughs> losing money, we're not entitled to stay open. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, like... I see all this news about small school X becoming a division one school. They're chasing money and I understand it, but just be, they have the right to do that. But if they start losing money, they're not entitled to stay open. And that's how I view big time. Like that's how I all division one athletics in basketball and football and a little bit baseball, but to a smaller scale, that's how I view it. So like when program Y goes, well, even again, the name and image likeness stuff doesn't cost schools any direct money, but pretend, you know, it does. Somehow, magically, schools are now paying things. Well, then if you can't afford it, you shouldn't be in the business. Yes, there you go. And that's, again, th- to me, it's about the, this discussion that we're having, to be honest. Like, it's just we're having this discussion because it is something that's very important. And that's where it goes back to what I just said, like the do something thing. Like, it is. And and you said th- there's a lot of fair points to be made on both sides of this thing. And, and that's where... At least just having that discussion, that to me pushes it forward because we're having that discussion. At least we're starting to have that understanding of what maybe needs to happen on, on, you know, and again, both sides have their opinions on that, of what needs to happen, what should, what shouldn't happen. And as more of these coaches speak out on it, uh, I think you're going to continue to see, you know, a lot more. And that's like I said, I mean, it's we look, go, go find any transcript of any of these media days around the country already. And yes, some of these coaches probably don't want to talk about it, but it's something where every single one of them have probably been asked about it. And if you want to gauge different reactions, go find the transcripts and just see what they're saying, because you will see a lot of, you know, top coaches having a very strong opinion on this. And, but, but again, it goes back to what we said too. You also have a lot of mid-major level coaches that have a very strong opinion because it also matters to them. And there's lots of things where 
this affects everyone, and uh, it's something we're definitely going to have to to monitor here moving forward. And as I said earlier, you know, my friend Joe here, he does a great job with this, and I'm not just saying that because he has great hair and we host a podcast together. But <laughs> if you want to actually read stuff, spend the time reading and understanding it, I do think you do a very good job uh, because it is. It's something that's a complicated matter, and I I think you do a, you certainly do a better job than I do of, of simplifying a very complicated situation. Uh, but like you said, it's something that's very important to everyone, and uh, it's going to continue to be a main talking point even when we start in a new season. Yeah, I appreciate the compliments, but they're going to learn quickly <laughs> why this stuff, like the uh, the off-the-court stuff is my strong suit. The uh, on-the-court stuff is not. All so right, now it's time for you to get into the pace and space uh, offensive system and uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about the four courts offense. <laughs> tell me why team a run a backcourt here and they why are they uh, running a back cut and doing all this other stuff um all right well okay we cut jordan server if you want that information yeah i'm not bringing it look we, we don't we're <laughs> gonna just pimp out everyone here like we don't care like go follow these great people who do good college basketball work we need more good college basketball work you and i have been saying that for years and so, um, yes, please just uh, pay attention to the people who know what they're talking about. Uh, we all have strong suits, and like we said, uh, we also know what we're talking about. But yes. it's not strong in every area. Exactly. There you go. There you go. There's a there's an admission you don't hear on every podcast uh, episode one that's trying to uh, be the end all be all yes, for podcast. Right. I'm sorry, that's a horrible <laughs> sell for the cutting from that podcast. We're so not there you go. Thanks for listening to episode one of the podcast. Uh, you'll never listen again, but uh, we really appreciate you spending 24 minutes of your time uh, on us. Uh, in all seriousness, yes, as you can tell, we have a lot of fun with this. We're going to have a lot of fun with this, um, and I'm sure we'll spend a lot more time talking about this pay-for-play situation because it will uh, continue to amp up here moving forward. Uh, we're going to keep this episode sort of short, just to kind of give you a, a teaser of what's to come here on the podcast, but we're going to wrap it up with a couple of thoughts on some mid-major players around the country, which both of us uh, love mid-major basketball. We'll talk about a lot of mid-major stuff here, I'm sure, as we go throughout the season. Um, a couple of players that may be flying under the radar we thought it would be fun to do uh, because there's so many you could choose from, and let's be honest. Uh, if we ran through every player that we felt like was flying under the radar in mid-major basketball, uh, this podcast would probably be 17 hours long. Neither of us have the time to do that because we have to write, and uh, we have uh, other stuff to do, but we're going to give you a couple of our picks, and I'm going to let Joe go first because uh, he's got one of a player that, I tell you, this guy's development has been really fun, and uh, I know you're excited to, to watch him play again this season. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. You think you got what I got. Uh. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah, so like I feel like I'm cheating a little bit here because he's no longer like this secret right. hidden star. Um, and I'm not going with Anthony Lamb for people that follow me. I know that my Anthony Lamb gimmick has run dry. Um, it's Jalen Pickett from Siena. He was just sensational last season. Like I'll give you the bare bone numbers: sixteen, seven, and five as a point guard. Siena last year, Jamie and Christensen, who's now at George Washington ran a very Tony Bennett, Virginia-styled offense where it was very slow-paced. So the, his numbers are actually really not only impressive because he was a freshman, but impressive because they ran a very slow-paced offense. He shot 35% from three on almost six attempts per game. 
He was a solid defender. He's not an explosive athlete or anything like that, but he's above average athlete. He's probably like an NBA-level skilled player. I don't know if he's athletic enough to be an actual impact player in the NBA, but he plays at Siena, which is in the MAC, like that extra A in the MAC. MAC. Uh, MAC. I always feel like I have to say that whenever I talk about the MAC, because if I just say the MAC, they're going to assume the MAC, like the MAC. Yeah, we're going to put that in our our intro. Yeah, we're just going to like, that's going to be our intro. Like, we're going to lead in with the rest of the show, (laughs) and it's just going to be both of us saying MAC. Like, that's just, that's how you sell people. (laughs) Like, we're going. But, um, Listen, they're very. He was very good last season on a pretty solid team. So good, Christensen got a promotion out of it. Um, I can't pronounce Carmen's last name. I apologize, Carm. Um, he's the first year head coach, first time ever head coach. He spent time at GWC and a couple other places. I expect them to run a quicker style. Not, I'm not gonna say fast paced style offense here, but slightly quicker. Um, considering last year they ran a snail's pace offense, but I'm telling people that haven't seen him play, this is the best way I can put it is. If you got early on Jameel Warning when he was at Stony Brook, or if you got early on Anthony Lamb, he's still at Vermont, but when he started at Vermont, or if you got early on Kiefer Sykes when he was at Green Bay, this is that guy, except maybe better. Maybe Jameel, like he's a guard, so it's it's hard to compare him to like, you know, Warney or Lamb, but Warney was like a borderline NBA player. This dude is an NBA player. The only issue he's going to have with that stuff, and I don't care about the NBA I do like not that I don't care, but we're not going to talk about the NBA. It's his athleticism, but at the lower levels of a basketball, which the Mac is, he's going to dominate, and then they're probably going to be in contention to win the win the Mac this season. And hopefully, I hope this is me being selfish because I enjoy watching him play so much. Make it to the NCAA tournament. He's going to become a lot of people that don't already follow this team or this player's favorite low major player in the country because he's special. Like it's you get them once every four years, I'd say. Where a lower major guy, especially the guards, right? Like we'll get a couple bigs, you know, every couple of years we'll get like every year almost we have a big that we all fall in love with. Yeah. There, there's few guards, and he's a bigger size guard. Like he's not tiny for a guard. He's like six four point guard. Yeah. He's one of these dudes that where it's I don't want to call him generational, but for the low major level, for like we're talking like the Mac was like I believe in most rankings ranked third to third or fourth worst lowest in conference strength. Last year, and the same applies to the season before that. So, like, we're talking, like, very low-level basketball. Um, he's, like, the best they've had in a long time. Well, I'll say this, and I can remember people talking about him, and certainly, you know, you heard about him as the season went along, and then he had that that game in February against Quinnipiac where he had the, the 46 points, and, like, everybody's talking about him by then. It's like, okay, early in the season he still had big games, and now you're looking at it. That Siena program, we talked about it, you know, over the years. I, I, we know kind of what the possibility is with that program. We've kind of seen the, the the highs with that program, and certainly you know uh, a lot more. You're, you know, you're closer to that. You, you get to see them. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know. He could be that guy, like you said, to where we're looking up, and he's just he's a game changer, man. And I, I'm excited to watch him and. I wish – here's what I wish. If we're going to take some of this money we talked about earlier, can we just let, like, all these conferences just put – give all these conferences a network so we can just watch all these guys play. Uh, give us a – I don't know. Like, like give us an NFL red zone for college basketball or something where, hey, you know, Pickett has 40 points. Let's just put him on the TV on ESPN and let's just watch him play the rest <laughs> of the game um, instead of having to watch, you know, a 20-point blowout here or there or something. Um, that's, that's all I ask for. So we can see more players like this. Uh, he's, yeah, he's fun, man. And, you know, that freshman to sophomore jump, 
that's something we always talk about. Coaches talk about that all the time. Um, it's an important one because as good as they are in their freshman year, just getting that experience, now they go into their second year and it's like, well, they can be a completely different player, and that's scary to think about with somebody like him. Um, well, and, and, and just general physical maturity, right? Yes. Like if you're a 17, 18-year-old kid, it's a big difference between 19 or 20. You're yes. just physically so much more mature. Exactly. You go through that entire – you know, you're going through basically an entire offseason, and you're you're now in a situation where you have more – you know, the college strength training, all that stuff. There's just – there's so many layers to it. Adult uh, puberty. Yes, there you go. Adult puberty, <laughs> which uh, you and I will document – on another podcast uh, here episode. So, yeah, make, make sure you subscribe because that's going to be uh, a great one once we get to uh, that one. But, uh, all right, my guy is also someone going into uh, his sophomore season, and uh, he's one, I mean, kind of that same mold where you just have a good guard where you watch him and right away you can tell, like, he is a, a special type of player. And we're going to Youngstown State, which I know everyone, not everybody's getting a chance to watch Youngstown State on a nightly basis. And that goes back to my network theory of please give every conference a network uh, so we can have all these games on because I would sit around and watch it all the time. Um, Darius Quisenberry at Youngstown State was just a, he was phenomenal last year. And, you know, they didn't have a good season. And, and quite frankly, it was because of their defense and, you know, I did the, the Youngstown State preview for, for Blue Ribbon and all that good stuff, and talking to Jared Calhoun, uh, they feel like the defense is going to be a lot better, and it's now they're a little bit older, too, because they, I mean, they were very young last year. Quisenberry, uh, like I said, going from freshman to sophomore now, but he's going to be like the leader, and he is a first-team all-Horizon League type of player. Um, I mean, he, he just he sees the floor very well. He's become like a leader, and Calhoun was talking about this summer uh, when I talked to him. You know, he's just he's embracing that leadership role even as a sophomore, but that's what you got to do uh, when you're a point guard, of course. And so you see someone like this, uh, he's just got all the talent in the world, man, and that's where we mentioned the mid-major stuff. You just want to be able to see guys like this as much as you can because there are so many players like Pickett, like Quisenberry that are out there, um, and it's just it's a lot of fun to watch these guys develop, and I think you're going to see the same situation here for him. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, with our, I told you told me who be, who you were picking before the podcast, and I saw zero Youngstown State games last year, so I'm right. going to be honest about that. Because you don't have um, 73 listen. hours a day to watch basketball. Right. Like, I'm not watching 12 and 20 or whatever they were. Youngstown State play basketball. Um, but and I tr- but I trust you. And then you told me you picked him. So I put out, like, found YouTube real quick to see what he looks like. And he's one of those, re- like, he looks like one of those really fun, shorter, six one, six foot, um, you know, high volume guards. And then I look. Oh, that lines up with them. And they fit really well at that level of, of Division One basketball where. If, if Quisenberry played at, like, whatever, Maryland or, you know, Rutgers or even, like, we'd be like, oh, why does he shoot so much? Or why is he, you know, a 32% three-point shooter but shooting five of those a game? Or whatever, we, we would nitpick him to death. But because he plays at Youngstown State, it's fun. Do you know what I mean? Yes, it's one, exactly. It's like Chris Clemens. It's one of those things where we don't really care if they win or lose, but if they get if there's some tiny little guard, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him either. Like, right. they call him tiny. He's 6'1", 186. Um it's just fun. And it makes – like that's the whole point of watching college basketball. You want to have a good time. You want to be entertained. It's basically a TV show, but it's live and it's af- af- athleticism as opposed to something being scripted. Um, so, like, I'm going to now actively watch Youngstown State. Hopefully they're not as bad as last season. If they are, I blame you. <laughs> well, there you go. I, I don't think they're going to be that bad, and that's why I think 
because Jared Calhoun, I, I, you know, he's a he's a Bob Huggins disciple and someone who they want to play better defense. And when you look at what they've done on defense the past couple of seasons, they've struggled because they have been really, really young. And now as he goes into his third season as a coach, uh, they've got sort of that foundation in place. They've got a guard like this that can drive everything. Uh, I, they could be one – they probably will be the most improved team in that conference, I think. And they have a chance to finish kind of in that top four. I don't remember where I picked them for Blue Ribbon. I think it was maybe fifth, sixth, something like that. But – they have a potential to be we'll get higher. hyperbolic now. Yes, and I'm honestly like they have a potential to be higher than wherever I picked them, and I honestly don't remember where I picked them. I think I may have picked them six. That was not an easy choice. Um, they could be better. Well, than that, let's put them put them at two here. Put them at two here, and then you can play it there, both ways there you depending go. on how the season goes. So That's you can tie a good them idea. Yeah, I'll take Wright State to win the league, and I am now going to take Youngstown State to finish second. <laughs> that way, I can maybe finish somewhere in the middle of that two to six range and feel really good about myself. But yes, I mean, clearly, Darius Quisenberry, very fun to watch. If you get a chance to watch him this year, uh, check him out because uh, he's someone that could be a, a really special player uh, for them there. And uh, they got a chance, like I said, to, to be a lot better. And certainly, when teams are a lot better, there's going to be a lot more eyes on them. And by the way, if you want to watch him play, I think you're going to have an opportunity. I'm pulling up the schedule here right now. I forgot that they play – I think they play at Louisville on the first week of the season. So you'll get an opportunity probably to see him play. So check out that game against Louisville. That's probably the only one going through here. They do play West Virginia in December. So Louisville, West Virginia, if you're someone outside of the Horizon League, don't get to see a lot of these games. Those are two games to, to keep an eye on Quisenberry because uh, he could uh, – that, that kind of shows you. When they play those types of teams, uh, you see how these guys have developed overall, not just against you know mid-major competition, but how they developed their overall games. So check him out there. Uh, he should be a lot of fun to watch this season. Um, all right, like I said, we're going to keep this one short because uh, we don't want to give away all of our tricks because we don't have a lot of them. And so we're going to maybe pace ourselves <laughs> on this uh, throughout the entire podcast. We have an entire season to get through. Um, so we don't want to – give away everything up front um so my friend is there anything you want to plug here because i know we got a lot of great stuff going up over on the website um and i know we got a lot of more great stuff uh, here on the way as we get ready for the season sure uh, i mean go to clutchpoints.com and follow the college basketball section blake and i are there mostly by ourselves right now we're putting together a staff um so if you like blake work or my work or just college basketball in general you should go over there um, I also do some stuff for Forbes. Um, that's where I do most of my off-the-court work, um, a little more reporting as opposed to the opinion stuff I give clutch points. You can also follow me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-E-R-D-O-N-E. There you go. Uh, find all our stuff there. And, uh, yeah, we're working on a lot of great stuff, and uh, we're excited to get the season started. Uh, lots of great action, and we are going to do our best to watch every game for all 350-plus teams in college basketball. So we will <laughs> we will try to give you a detailed report. And we're laughing about that because we had this conversation before we came on. It's like we're looking around at this, and we're like, man, I really want to watch this team play. I really want to watch this guy play. It's just impossible. Like there's just no way, and we want to be able to do that uh, – uh, it's just not possible to see everyone play. Uh, but that's our excitement for college basketball. We love it. We wish we could see everyone play all the time. It's uh, not humanly possible, but uh, we're going to do our best this season uh, in 2018 or 2019-20 season because uh, it should be another fun one uh, on the hardwood. So uh, appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, be sure to subscribe. We'll have it up on all the great platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. So be sure to check that out. We'll let you know when it's up there. Uh, but for now, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe there and uh, we will talk to you guys on the next episode of Cutting the Net. 
All around me are familiar websites Worn out clickbait Worn out hot takes Bright and early for the daily link dumps No one's clicking No one's clicking Their page views are filling up their pockets But not for writers not for writers Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow No tomorrow No tomorrow And I kinda find it funny I find it kinda sad The internet in which I'm worthless Is the best I ever had I find it hard to tell you I find it too hot to take When people blog in circles It's a very, very Mad internet Mad internet